Well, hello there, FC Dallas Curious fan. Welcome to a bonus edition of Third Degree, the podcast. Hi, I'm Peter. And the reason for the bonus podcast is because of this weird left turn trying to get Major League Soccer restarted has taken. If you're not up to date, the attempts to get the league playing in a bubble tournament in Orlando has taken uh, an odd turn of events as league ownership and the Players Association are now at loggerheads over all of the details of what each side wants to get this thing going. And it seems to have come down to something called force majeure. And we'll talk more about that later. So to help sort it all out, we went to one of the authorities, one of the guys that's been covering this in great detail and reporting on it, Jeff Carlisle from ESPN.com. Jeff, you this morning kind of updated everybody on the current status of what's going on with Major League Soccer and the back and forth between the league and the Players Association, which is all really the triggering effect of when and if this uh, season's ever going to get continued. Where are we at at this point now, late on Monday, June the 1st in the afternoon? Well, after saying that they were giving the Players Union their, their best final offer, I'm told that MLS is in the process of putting together a a new proposal. Now, how much that changes from their old proposal is still uncertain. Um, You know, one of the things I'm told is that this force majeure clause, which would allow uh, MLS or both sides for that matter to to pull out of the CBA in the event of a catastrophic event like a pandemic, um, you know, the the, the league is pushing to, to tie this force majeure clause to you know, attendance and, and have a very detail-oriented approach to, to this particular clause rather than what, say, the NBA has where it's, hey, 30 days advance notice if you can't execute the CBA or if it's not economically viable, you know, then either, you know, side can back out. But, you know, it, it looks like the league is, is asking for some very specific language, tying it to a possible attendance drop, and the players are just not having it. And so that's really where the impasse is at the moment. I mean, there's some other things to kind of iron out. There's there's salary cuts. Um, the league is asking for 8.75%. Players want 7.5%. You figure they're going to meet in the middle on that at some point. The same goes for the revenue sharing proposal. So really, uh, you know, the the new proposal that the league is putting together, you know, again, we'll see how much it changes. And we'll see if they, they give a little bit on this uh, force majeure clause. But at the moment, it's looking like it's not going to change that much. And, and the league have given the players a deadline of, of noon tomorrow, Eastern time, to either accept the proposal or they're going to lock them out. So it's it seems a nuclear option, if you will, uh, being implemented by the league. I To me, it, it's crazy that, that it's gotten to this point, um, especially when the two sides were kind of you know moving towards one another in terms of negotiations. So uh, we'll see how serious the league is in terms of you know threatening a lockout. It's really weird uh, because uh, I don't know how we got to this point because it doesn't seem that long ago that we were all kind of feeling like, hey, Major League Soccer's got this really crazy opportunity to put itself front and center in the middle of uh, self-isolation when there are no other sports. And now it feels like not only are they in danger of falling behind all the other soccer leagues that are now starting up and going to be grabbing eyeballs and potentially other American sports leagues, but now it seems like this is getting... This has gotten ugly, and we're in this weird situation where we're looking at each other, going, "Are we even going to finish the season at all?" Yeah, it's 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 crazy how it went from like a low simmer to to, to the boiling point, um, and it makes you question just how stable the finances of MLS are if yeah. they're resorting to these tactics. Um, you know, how much is some? How, how much is Soccer United marketing 
able to contribute to their bottom line in the middle of a pandemic. I mean, obviously there are no events going on. There are no games for the Mexico national team to, to come to the U.S. and and sell out. So, you know, you wonder the extent to which the bottom line is being affected. That said, you're talking about a group of billionaires. Now, now granted, their assets are not always easily converted into cash, but you would think that they have the resources to be able to weather this. And it was interesting in the beginning, you kept hearing even from the union about, hey, we've got great owners, a great league. Um, They're going to be able to weather this better than leagues overseas where they're kind of, you know, existing week to week. Yeah. Um, So this is definitely, you know, this whole pandemic, um, even, you know, some of the, 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 you know, the, the protesting that's going on, you know, that's that's kind of putting more strain on society. Um, I think all of this is 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 really testing that that belief that that MLS's owners are, have these really deep pockets and, and they'll be able to withstand anything. So, uh, you know, it's 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 left me to wonder: is this a negotiating ploy? Or is this is it a league in real trouble? And I think we'll find out in the next twenty four hours. Yeah, I, I, that is going to be the interesting uh, res- resolution out of this because I do wonder when I start hearing that the league is really pushing for a force majeure tied around attendance and stuff, I, I begin to wonder if there isn't um, um, uh, like bean counters or somebody in the background that's uh, telling all the ownership and the people that run Major League Soccer. Hey guys, we don't know what we're getting ready to get into in a post-COVID economy, and if you have an opportunity to protect yourself, you should do it now uh, in whatever new agreements you set up with the players union. Because what you don't realize is you may get into 2021, and and you may not be able to play in front of full stadiums again for the foreseeable future. Um, and that's where I begin to wonder with this whole question about maybe this is more about the long-term stability of this league um, versus just ownerships trying to just weasel out the best deal possible for the short term. Yeah, I mean, that, that's certainly a, a consideration. Um, but, I mean, historically, when you look at the relationship between MLS and the Players Union, I mean, MLS has always had the leverage. They, they, they've always been the outfit that could, uh, you know, afford to miss a paycheck or two while the players couldn't, at right. least most of the players. Right. And, but again, this seems like, you know, just a, a draconian, cruel step to be delivering to your player pool in the middle of a pandemic. Um, it, it's just, it, it almost strikes me as one of those things where, MLS thought it could do something, but it didn't stop to think about whether it should do this. And, um, you know, it's uh, it's just a situation where um, it's almost like egos are getting in the way as well. Like, it's almost like it's become personal. And from the player standpoint, they feel like they've bent and bent and bent. And, you know, it's time for the, the league to give a little bit on some of these things and and but it'll be fascinating to see what the relationship is like going forward because you know the, the relationship's been damaged i mean through this whole series of negotiations and uh and it's you know coming out of the cba talks in february it was almost like a kumbaya moment i mean everyone was getting along and 
and everyone was talking about what a great deal it was and and now that's gone uh, well, that, that's- yeah I, it was it's so it's very odd because the 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 concept that the league is suggesting that they add a force majeure clause but giving like throwing out the uh the olive branch of well hey guys it's bilateral either one of us can pull out of that well that doesn't do the players association any good why would the players association want to back out of a cba because there's a pandemic like that part of it seems very disingenuous uh disingenuous on the league's part in trying to paint that as well hey we're both sides can get out of the deal but the question the other question i have with you is is that this whole concept of the orlando tournament uh structure being set up the more and more that this thing starts to come together if in fact it ever plays it starts i'm starting to wonder if it's a good idea at all because of the reality that you're going to end up seeing a bunch of major league soccer games played in a very almost like toulon type environment or Nike trials environment um, that probably isn't going to be super interesting to watch on television when the Bundesliga and the Premier League and potentially other leagues are playing at least in stadiums. And I'm wondering if that's starting to wear on people a little differently as well. And the and everybody's really starting to take a new accounting of, of what they're getting ready to get themselves into as they try to restart the league. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a fair question. Um, you know, it, it's going to look like you know, a high school game in terms of the venue, in terms of the atmosphere. And and certainly MLS always suffers by comparison when it's compared to a league like the Bundesliga. So, you know, and I think from the player's standpoint, they feel like they're putting their health and safety at risk by being out of their home cities, you know, being cooped up in hotels. You know, the, <laughs> someone's going to make a mistake in, right. that, in that group of players at some point. Uh, and you've seen it in, in other leagues around the world. So, uh, you know, I think I think the players are like, you know, we're the ones who are having to make the sacrifice to go to Orlando. And, and on top of that, you want us to make all these economic concessions. Um, I, I do think TV factors into it, you know, trying to satisfy these TV contracts and trying to uh, make sure that that is at least one revenue stream that continues to come in. But, you know, as you you and I both know, this is a league where game day revenue is, you know, accounts the vast majority of of the income. And so uh, and that's obviously not going to to be nearly as robust in in a game that's you know played without fans. So um, I, I think if you're MLS, they're just they're not a whole lot of good options. And the window to be one of the first leagues back is, is rapidly closing. I mean, NWSL has already, you know, seems to have gotten Nick's act together and the, the players seem to be on board. I mean, even though I think some national team players won't participate, but, you know, they all seem to be heading in the same direction. And, and there's kind of a, a camaraderie that, you know, Hey, we're all in this together. And, that that divide for for MLS and its players seems to be widening by the day. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I agree that the Orlando tournament is looking less and less appetizing. But I think there's also a sentiment amongst the players, amongst the coaches, amongst league executives, like, hey, we've just got to get back on the field and then you know get through this tournament, and then hopefully markets will continue to to loosen up. You know, stadiums will become available, and, and who knows? You know, maybe in a few months. You know, if there aren't any crazy spikes, you know, in terms of this pandemic, then we can at least have you know, a partially filled stadiums. You know, it can kind of be a gradual process. But I agree that, you know, 
<laughs> the more and more that there's back and forth negotiations between MLS and the players, you know, the more you think about this Orlando uh, tournament and the less appetizing it becomes. So based on all your years of following this league and, and all of your reporting that you've done to date, what is your sense as to what's going to happen after Tuesday afternoon? I've got to believe that they get a deal done. Um, you know, I, I think, and I think that if the league is smart, they'll take, they'll accept, you know, that the union's version of a force majeure clause, which is, you know, from what I'm, Talking to people on what I've read this morning uh, is very similar to what the NBA has. So if it's good enough for the NBA, why wouldn't it be good enough for MLS? Um, again, that points back to some financial vulnerabilities that that maybe MLS has that the NBA doesn't. Obviously, the NBA is a league where the the, por- the TV revenue amounts for a much larger proportion of, of their income. So um, there, you know, so there are some differences, but I've got to believe that this force majeure thing is is, is something that the league has to back down on and uh or at the very least write it in a in a way that is very transparent and and the triggering of the force majeure is something everybody can agree is a legitimate reason to enact such a clause but right now if i understand it correctly it's based on some sort of like wonky attendance numbers and for 25 years we've never trusted major league soccer's attendance numbers because nobody really knows how they account for them or how whatever number they put out there is legitimate and if they're playing in front of partially closed stadiums right I mean that. I mean the numbers, you know, attendance numbers can be massaged, and and folded and spindled and mutilated any which way. And yeah. so, uh, you know, I think that's. I can totally understand why the players are getting their hackles up about that particular implementation of a force majeure clause. So yeah, and for a um, league for a league that is literally structured around the concept of self-protection and self-preservation for the ownership of not getting itself you know putting itself in the most favorable position to be a money-making business, I get the idea of what they're trying to do. But from all parties, they just have to figure out a way to make it transparent so that if, in fact, a force majeure clause is needed, everybody goes, well, that makes sense that we all agree that now's the time to do that. Yeah. And uh, the the spirit of cooperation is is evaporating quickly. It's so weird what a weird right turn this whole thing has taken, because I was really feeling like Major League Soccer had put itself in a very positive situation four weeks ago or even two weeks ago. And now it's like, man, this has just gone haywire way too fast. The league can't get out of its own way. It seems like it just seems, you know, it, from, from where I sit, you know, they're, they're just engaging in this scorched earth approach that maybe it benefits them in the short term, but I think in the long term, it's going to have some seriously adverse consequences because if you're an international player, you know, part of the appeal of MLS, in addition to the lifestyle of living in North America, is that it's a well-run league. The checks arrive on time. You know, you don't have to worry about some of the off-field stuff that, that maybe you do in other leagues around the world. And, if, if you know, if they put in this clause and it gets executed or if the players get locked out, um, all of those benefits become outweighed by by the risk that players take on. And then, you know, I think you're going to see, you know, the, the interest among international players in MLS really dry up and, you know, MLS likes to talk about how it's a league of choice, but, you know, if if they actually go through with locking the players out, I mean, I don't see how they can say that. Well, I guess the next 24 hours will tell us the story. We'll uh, 
it seems like they got to figure it out. They got to get back on the field because everybody else is. But man, there's just something really weird about how what a weird turn this has taken in the last day or so. I appreciate you uh, taking the time to uh, chat about it. No problem, Peter. Thanks again to Jeff Carlisle. You can follow him on Twitter at Jeffrey Carlisle or just more simply go to ESPN.com and check out his stuff there. He'll definitely keep everybody up to date on what's going on. Remember this, this is a league built on self-preservation and putting the best business model to make money uh, in play. And in a post-COVID economy, the ownership don't know what they're getting themselves into. And they're clearly trying to position themselves with the most protections available to them. And they need the players to participate in that. We'll keep you posted. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time on Third Degree, the podcast. Mm -hmm.